Your wife has such a beautiful neck. Tonight on the peas, last voyage of the Demeter. everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of apple teeny plus uh, i am your host of apple teeny plus nick and i'm joined by the co-host of apple teeny plus the one the only beautiful amazing wonderful brad from the cinema guys brad hi hello hello this is already more episodes than apple teeny has <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen this is going to be an absolute first for any of you who are two peas listeners because no g money he is out he's on vacation and hopefully he is having an absolutely wonderful vacation with the wife and the kiddos and everything like that but this is going to be i've i've got to take the reins and i've got to, i've got to carry this thing here tonight brad stepped up to the plate and said I will join you to do whatever, and rather than punish him with some god-awful mess of nonsense, <laughs> well, then again, I don't know how he felt about this, uh, we're, here to, we're here to review Last Voyage of the Demeter. Brad, um, you know, tell us, like, I know the audience knows who you are, man, but, like, just tell them a little bit yeah, about I yourself, mean, besides being the co-host of the, you know, award-winning <laughs> award tons of episodes of, of Apple TV+. <laughs> Well, the first first ever episode without Gerald. I'm I'm excited yeah. that I get to be the one to pop that sh- that pee, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I mean, p- listeners know who I am. I on the cinema guys. I do a lot of stuff with Tubi. Speaking of bad movies, and you know, I'm out there. But <laughs> you know, we don't need to talk about me. We're here to we're here to talk about vampires Ooh. that don't sparkle and other said things yeah we're here to talk about the vampire we're here to talk about dracula uh this is adapted from the captain's log chapter essentially of bram stoker's dracula so i was really and i think we talked about it at the end of last week's episode but i wasn't 100 percent sure that that's what it was like that it was like a direct like adaptation mm-hmm. of that but and then after last week's episode i just started like checking out stuff about this movie and then found that out so yeah it actually is adapted from that but in in bram Stoker's dracula which i haven't read the whole thing i actually did read that chapter like today like there's not much in there because it's basically literally just like the captain's log entries and everything Mm -hmm. so it it really i don't know it, it gave them a playground i think and i guess we'll discuss whether or not that playground uh really was successful or not We'll see. I, I am curious what you thought of this film. <laughs> two, two horror movies, two weeks in a row. Mm, I know. It's very, very we know tough. We know how, how you felt last week, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But before we get there, Brad, there's a little something we do every single week here on the P's, and that is... We're going to ask one big question. You've got to ask yourself a question. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? i'll never get tired of listening to kelly kapoor say that quote so brad you're the guest so i want to open up the floor to you and let you hit me with your one big question lay it on me baby so after after watching this i I thought of this as i was watching the film you know this is this is basically only based off of one chapter of the book but universal has tried to reboot their universal monsters 
multiple times. We had, you know, the mummy in the nineties. They tried the mummy again with their dark universe. <laughs> they were going to do. And this to me just felt like they were like, okay, we're not going to promote it like that. We're going to kind of softly give you a little Dracula. What other of the universal properties would you love to see a soft little reboot like this hmm. really really interesting i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say frankenstein like let's just throw okay. let's th- let's throw frankenstein mm-hmm. in and and give it this kind of treatment and i mean that's the thing too is like do you do like the whole thing or do you take it in like bits and pieces or exactly what i don't i don't necessarily know but <laughs> yeah did you have an answer for that one too uh, my thought was actually Frankenstein as well. Oh, I mean, nice. we haven't really seen the mummy has been tried multiple times and, you know, we got promised a whole lot more that never happened. So I, w- I would love to see a, a little soft reboot, just maybe something different like what this was, where it's a Dracula. I mean, we'll get into kind of what I thought, but kind of kind of this way. I liked how it was. Yeah, you know, I don't want to give anything away right now. So <laughs> hold that score, baby. Hold Monster that movie. score. <laughs> Monster movie. But you know what would be really, you know what they should do? So instead of rebooting the mummy, okay, just bring Brendan Fraser back, okay? And I'm just set it, that. make it a period film. Like when was the original one set? Like the what, 19 whatever? Well, it was after the first world war, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. like the big, the big mm-hmm. dude that piloted the plane was like a pilot in the first world war. Mm-hmm. So yeah, bring it back. Like he's much older now, obviously. So set it as a period piece, like in the 50s or 60s, whatever that time frame works out to be. And then they got to bring him in as an expert to help take down the next one some other monster you know or something like I'd that be, i'd be all for that yeah don't try to reboot the mummy and give it we all y'all we want rick o'connell back just give him back to yes. us that's all we want yes now this is just going to turn into a mummy like love cast <laughs> like that's all this is like we're just going to talk about uh the mummy for the rest of the show for, for, forget about demeter we're going to talk about brendan frazier's yeah. the mummy absolutely so my big question and i actually i thought about this And then I was like, wait a minute. Didn't somebody ask this in the fan feedback as well? They did. Uh, This was Mr. Jared Taylor, Destruction in Human Form himself. And I couldn't think of a better question. And I'm just going to steal Jared's. Jared, I hope that's okay. (laughs) But Jared asked, if you could make a movie out of a single chapter from a book, what would it be? Well, since I don't read a lot of books, Nick, that's a tough question for me. If you could make a movie out of <laughs> one segment from a Tubi original. <laughs> That's even you could even broaden that question out to to like take a piece of media. Like what's a movie with like a small bit of it that you could take out and blow up into like a whole movie? I think that's a fascinating question, too. We could probably sit here all night and, like, think of ideas for that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Because there there are plenty of, I know, talking horror movies with Drew from Real Feels a lot. He'll he'll say, this should have been a series. I'm like, yeah, it should have. They could have expanded a lot more of this out if they would have done that. And it's kind of that same concept in a way. Can we just be fair and say that Drew just needs more movies to watch? And that's I'm pretty sure that's why Drew would just want it to be a series regardless. Well, it's a series to kind of fill fill yeah. some time. Drew just needs more movies to watch. <laughs> Drew's an absolute soldier. Drew, I love you, man. Oh, he is. 
just when I think I'm uh, doing well, he'll be like, oh, I've watched this many. I'm like, oh, no, I haven't watched much. <laughs> can, I, can I just go with a book that I always want them to make as a movie that I don't think I'll ever get to see? Yeah, do it. Um, I would love to see William Gibson's Neuromancer get turned into a movie. Cyberpunk. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> it's my favorite book, and it's it'll never get made into a movie, but I always hope. Maybe when you get like super famous being like the Tubi guy, you could get Tubi to produce the movie. <laughs> but I want it to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Sad indictment not of Tubi. A, not a shot there. at Tubi. I love bad stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> It's a different level. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. My goodness gracious. I'm going to cheat with my answer a little bit because it already has been made into a movie technically. And I really, really love the movie for what it is and for its ambition, what it tried to do. I'm going to pick David Mitchell's Cloud Atlas. But I'm going to say mm. I want a movie out of every single chapter because you could get a movie oh, out could, of every single chapter in that. that book. Like it very famously like unfolds like half the first half of each story like and then it goes forward through time in the middle section is the entire end of the world chapter like after the apocalypse chapter and then it goes backward back through the second half of all the other ones mm -hmm. so you finish the book with the same story that you started the book with uh, i really really think honestly like you could get some and i mean hey you even have a ship in this one you have a ship in that one in the first story there so i mean you could really like you could really like delve into each one of those stories because they're self-contained stories each within each other and then i think the only real failing that the cloud atlas movie has is that it just had to cut out too much that i really wanted to see mm, so okay. uh, i i would really love to see more of that kind of get developed so yeah and i i could say i have not read the book i've only seen the movie as you know we we talked about it once and I could definitely see that because there is a lot. There's a lot in there. Yeah, there definitely is. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. One big question. Thank you so, so much, Jared. I'm sorry I had to steal your question, but then, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll have to pick a different one when we get to the comment section back in the back end of the show. But Brad, it is time to reveal. Now, we're going to do something a little bit special here because G's not here and we miss him. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to do G proud. Like, that's all we really want to do is just make G proud or at least not break everything and make all the <laughs> listeners tune out and never come back. Or or this is the biggest downloaded episode ever. And you're like, well, why, why do I even need to be here? Oh. <laughs> so. Uh, we're going to reveal our scores with, you know, with the same thing that we do, the mm -hmm. up top score reveal. But then we're also going to guess Gerald's rating. And I texted him. I haven't looked at my phone yet. And hopefully he texts me back. If not, this is going to be a dud uh, on the back end of that. <laughs> but then we're going to reveal his actual score, assuming he texted it to me. And then we'll know exactly how Gerald felt about the movie as well. So first things first, Brad, are you ready to reveal ready. your score? I got my score for right last here. Voyage of the Demeter. All right, so whenever you're ready, I'm three, ready. two, one, pop it up there. Seven out of ten for me. Eight, eight out, out of ten, 10 for me. Woo. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, so, so Gerald, I, Gerald, that's seven and a half. <laughs> we can do the math. <laughs> for the two-piece <laughs> two score. Ooh, okay, so now, yeah, now we're going to go ahead and we're going to guess G's rating. I'm going to guess eight. And uh, you're I'm going to guess seven. 
You're going to guess seven and a half okay. again. <laughs> All right. So we're flipping that one around here. Now, let me check and see. Did he text me his rating? Wah, wah. No, no, no rating from, oh. from G. No rating from G. So I guess oh, well. we'll have oh, to well. wait. I know he'll probably post a review to his letterbox at some point. Um, so we'll have to wait and find out what he thinks. And then I'll, I'll kind of keep my phone right here just in case it comes through. And we'll we'll reveal his score. <laughs> We'll reveal his score at that time. The, super the anticlimactic, Gerald. Being like a, like a, you're going to open it and be like, ooh, it's a three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, oh, damn. Ooh. <laughs> the funny thing was, too, is, is our review last week of Talk to Me, I think we both had the same exact criticisms of the film. I think we basically both mm. said pretty much the same problems that we had with it, but I just found them to be much bigger faults in the film than he did. I found that really fascinating, and I don't know if I've ever quite had that dichotomy in a movie review before, <laughs> where it was like, yeah, I agree with absolutely everything you're saying, but I'm going to rate this three stars higher, three points higher than you, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, again, Last Voyage of the Demeter is based on the Captain's Log chapter from Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Andre Uverdahl. I think I'm yes. pronouncing that correctly. Troll Hunter, I believe, Troll in the Hunter. filmography there. Scary stories to tell in the dark. All right. And the uh, film stars Corey Hawkins, uh, Ashlyn Franciosi, Liam Cunningham, David Dasmalchian, and a whole host of other uh, randos. And and Javier Botet as Dracula. I find it interesting that the movie credited him as Nosferatu and Dracula. Mm-hmm. Are they, maybe they're trying to you know throw people off. I don't know. <laughs> we're getting a remake of nosferatu like is it this year or is it next yes. year because isn't um what's his face next year what's his face is doing it i can't remember his name now is it um it's the guy that did the lighthouse right i believe so or am i wrong on that robert eggers yep so yeah it is it's robert eggers is doing a new adaptation of nosferatu no release date on imdb that i can see oh that's right bill skarsgård is going to be orlock Oh, that's so it'll gonna be, be an A twenty four movie, so that's an automatic nine for Gerald. <laughs> automatic nine is Mia Goth in it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so yeah, so Brad, you're the guest once again. So uh, please lead things off. Non spoilers at first. We'll crack into the spoilers a, a little bit later here. But I mean, if you've read Dracula, you kind of know how this one's going to end. What <laughs> are th- uh, initial thoughts on Last Voyage of the Demeter? I mean, as you saw my score, I I loved it. I thought it was a great atmospheric just straight up monster movie yeah and and that's exactly what i loved about it like they didn't they didn't go too much on one thing they kept it a lot in the dark and the fears of the dark and just gave you little pieces as you went along to a few shocking happenings that we'll we'll get into that i was surprised to i was like oh my gosh they did this wow yeah but i I really enjoyed it and it's a shame that it's kind of flopping because I would love to see Clemens story continue on. Not only that, I would love to see Clemens story continue on, but I'm going to even step back in Dracula before this. I'd love to see with exactly like this caliber. I'd (laughs) love to see the part one of Dracula for this, where, you know, Jonathan Harker goes to Transylvania and, Mm -hmm. All like everything that happens in Dracula before this point, I would love to see that. I would really, really love to see that because 
I think that this was I think that this was really really well done. I think the screenwriter I read a quote from the screenwriter where they wanted to basically make Alien on a sailing ship, like they oh, wanted yeah. to it, turn it into Alien. And I think there were a lot of Alien Three vibes to me. The kind of way they did it, where they didn't show you much. Yeah, they got pieces. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Corey Hawkins, I'm, uh, like, the only thing I'm familiar with Corey Hawkins for, from is he did the 24 reboot, like, when they rebooted 24, and I really liked him in that. I'm kind of sad that that didn't kind of continue on from there. I know he played, um, what was he, he was in? in uh, Kong Skull Island. Kong Skull Island, and he was in Straight Outta Compton, too, I believe, yes. yeah. Yep. But that's probably where most people where most people would know him from. I really liked all the performances in this. I really don't think any of them were necessarily missing anything in any way i think that all the no. all the performances were pretty good I, I didn't really i don't think anybody really stood out i don't think it was like a super like performance heavy type film but i think they all no, did their jobs know. admirably I, I, there's a couple quibbles i probably have with some of the character writing we'll get into in spoilers but yeah overall just i really really enjoyed this i really really yeah, had I a really good time it. with this I, when i came home i told my wife i was like you should watch this like it is it i mean it's just a straight up monster movie that's all the, I think that's what he wanted to make, and he succeeded. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and tear down the spoiler wall, brother. Uh, I you, I know you said uh, there's a few different things that you wanted to touch on in spoilers <laughs> yeah. that you couldn't believe that they did. I kind of think I have an idea what you're talking about, <laughs> but um, yeah, please, the floor is yours, man. Um, the, the for, I mean, I'm just gonna come right out and say uh, the big shock to me was what they did with the child in the movie. Right. I I couldn't believe that they not only like killed the child off by dracula biting him mm -hmm. but then when they're like you know his grandfather who played by liam cunningham mm -hmm. people would know from game of thrones um when he's you know you could just tell he's just hurt he's like i saw him move i saw him breathe and he didn't want to let him go because they're going to just dump his body and then they open it up and then he comes up and bursts into flames because it's middle of the day and mm -hmm. i'm just like holy crap they did this too <laughs> that was the biggest shock <laughs> that was so good and then like kind of the whole time i'm thinking to myself because of course i i love the i love the god of podcasting i love loy sauce i see this kid running around on the ship and the whole time i'm like i'm like <laughs> i need to channel my inner loy sauce i need to see this kid get bitten i need to see this kid like and it happens bad evil horrible things happen to this kid and it happens <laughs> And then he bursts into flames and then they show his body just slowly sinking in the water. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just sitting there like, oh, the, okay. I'm in. I'm all in on this movie now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, I really, I thought like a lot of the kills I thought were, were, were really, really enjoyable. I love kind of to, to, to riff off of that alien vibe. Like it kind of makes sense to me. Like I read that quote after the movie and mm -hmm. then like the way that like literally they, they did not show a whole lot of Dracula at all. Mm -mm. They really, really kept Dracula in the shadows. And then I love that. Like, it's not just a dumb animal. Like it's Dracula. Dracula is very smart, very cunning. So it would have those moments like where it, the, when it kills the, I think the first guy, the first human that it kills, oh, yeah. it's like, it, like weak. toys with him. Yeah. It like, looks like he's like really weak and like crawling yeah. out of there. And then literally just that one leap and the slash of the throat, like all in that, like one quick shot, blood spray everywhere. Like this is a bloody movie too, folks. If you're like bloody, like messy horror movies, this one's going to, this one's going to say you real good. I think I think it was the second kill where he was like really toying with him when he's climbing up the mast mm. and he repeats what the guy says and just kind of like looking at him before he gets someone like, oh, man, 
he could take any of them out at any moment. And he's just he's just having fun in games right now. Every night he's like, eh, every night I'm going to do something different. Yeah. And I love like even like to kind of get like closer to the end of the film, like they come up with an idea that they can't let the ship reach sure like they got to yeah. take the ship down because yeah, obviously they're going to london they need to kill this creature they need to take this ship out and then like as soon as night falls like dracula immediately knows their plan and immediately mm-hmm. foils it and like i really really loved that like they didn't make dracula into like a dumb movie monster like it no. it, it, it easily very easily outsmarted all of these characters and i love that about it and even when they think it's dead when they like oh we got him because they yeah. pinned him and everything else like oh we killed the monster i'm like no you didn't <laughs> but okay believe what you want <laughs> yeah, it's like well we know we know they didn't anyway because we know that this is only the middle of dracula there's still a whole bunch of you know the rest of that story that has to be told anyway but i mean even yeah. when dracula bites him and basically kind of turns like that the first guy into like a mindless zombie mm-hmm. coming after him and his eyes are white and he just starts banging his head against the door Ooh. over and over trying to break in I was like oh my gosh this movie isn't holding back at all and i'm i'm loving this two weeks in a row of <laughs> characters in horror movies that just straight up bash their faces off of things <laughs> and like really like just bloody messy disgusting oh. like horrific yeah. like to great it, effect though his eyes just like swollen and hanging off and then they tie him up outside when he's like it just burns it burns and you're thinking oh well he got bit that's why Mm -hmm. and then the sun comes up and he just bursts into flames you're just like oh oh my goodness i mean the thing that i really really enjoyed about this i think the most i think more than anything else is like the the set design and everything i love this ship how awesome like is that whole set of that ship because oh. I was kind of in love with it. Like, you, like I loved hearing all the creaking. Like, the sound mm-hmm. design in this film was really, really good as well. But, I mean, this ship looked amazing. I think that, like, for this film to really, really succeed, I think that you really had to kind of nail the aesthetic of the location. Yeah. Like, the ship had to almost be kind of a character in the movie in and of itself. And it had to kind of, like, the ship by itself, like, an old wooden sailing ship, like, Man, like it's kind of like even before, like, I mean, obviously Dracula's on it, but I mean, even <laughs> that notwithstanding, I really think that the great thing about it is, is how atmospheric the whole oh, thing is. With absolutely. The ship. I mean, when they're down below where it's you could just tell it's very claustrophobic because they're always looking back down these narrow hallways and you just hear the creaks and the the you could tell that they're just swaying and moving. And in the one scene, I think it was it was the cook when he's like listen after their animals die and he's he makes the comment that there there's no rats noise yeah there's no rats you can't hear them and i was like oh yeah there mm-hmm. isn't all you hear is the creaks because they made sure they showed you the rats and made squeaks and all that before that but yeah everything everything was planned out because i listened to a lot of a lot of that like even the score was very did a very good job of like very subtly getting you in the mood as you're going and then you get the creaks and the the claustrophobia and then a lot of dark shadows mm-hmm. and dracula would hide in a lot of those or it would play with their eyes and they'd be they think he was there and turn and there's nothing mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it just and and speaking of the score, Bear McCurry's score in this is really good, really, yes. really good. It was it, most of the time when I watch a horror movie like this, uh, the score really doesn't ever jump out at me. And it's just kind of there to like set the mood. But this is like almost an elevated kind of horror score. If I don't know if that makes any sense necessarily, but like it stands out to me as something just like a little bit more than your traditional horror yeah. score. It, it did a good job with with kind of setting you in the time period mm-hmm. as well as just setting your emotion through everything because i love that time period that you know done well on screen mm-hmm. it's just it's fascinating to watch i love like the wooden ship the big you just think like man they built these to <laughs> to right? sh- you know go across the world and everything and they make comments in the movie about the you know the the metal steamships and all this now mm-hmm. and and how they're they're gonna take over and but they're like no this this old wooden one in the way they they knock they can knock and it echoes through the ship mm-hmm. so everybody can hear them it's just oh it was so good yeah. i can't wait to watch it again honestly it was I really love that they that 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 was kind of what they circled back to, like at the very end of the film when Corey Hawkins's character is sitting at the tavern he's at in London mm-hmm. or whatever, and then all of a sudden that's all he hears is he just hears that the tap, yep. and then it's Dracula's cane, like wrapping it on the floor, and it's just like, ooh, here we go. Like I am kind of I'm going to agree with you. Like I'm kind of really bummed that we're not going to get to see like. Because I mean, imagine like you could bring in like you could do a sequel to this. You could bring in Van Helsing and like all these different elements. And then it's about these characters trying to hunt Dracula and trying to find Dracula. You know what you could do? This was Alien. Make aliens out of the part two of it. And like, really, you got to get like a who's who. Not a bad League of Extraordinary Gentlemen style kind of thing. But uh, (laughs) like, you know, you got to assemble like a few different people, Mm -hmm. like this crew to go after the beast, to go after the monster. And then it like picks them off one by one and all these different things. And then there's a Dracula queen that lays eggs. This got away from me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he does have his brides. That's what every, when they were starting to open the other crates and mm-hmm. all it was was dirt. I was like, is there going to be some big, huge action climax where does he have his brides in these boxes and they're going to come out and go after with him? Like, if, I thought it was going to be some big thing and I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. I'm glad they just stuck to just him. They had the the one Anna in was she a stowaway or was she in one of the crates she was in one of the crates that that was my understanding of it that she was in she was inside of one of the crates which i don't think that's i think that that's something that they added to the film i don't think that that's in dracula i don't think that that's from the original story i don't think so either i i i I know because i kind of read up uh on the chapter as captain's log Mm -hmm. and i'm like the voiceover pieces i feel like were that's from the the chapter and then they kind of just filled everything else in yeah i really did like um and and i'm I'm somebody who as you as you know famously i hate narration in films yes. but this wasn't narration for that sake like this was literally like the captain reading out the log entries like this mm-hmm. is what the captain's recording in the captain's log that i really really enjoyed I, I i actually really thought that that was used to 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 really good effect and if i had one big complaint with it i felt like the captain's character just kind of disappeared a little bit for a while where he just kind of he was there and then he'd kind of be gone and just kind of pop up yeah i I, kind of felt like he was maybe he was off writing his his journal entries at that time i guess i don't know 
Yeah, I would have really liked to see because I really loved Liam Cunningham's performance in this. I really would have loved to see more of that character. And I, I think mm -hmm. it's I think it's disappointing we didn't. Instead, we got a lot more of David Dasmalchian's character, uh, Wojcik. Yes. And this is one of the like the quibbles that I really have with the film is, I mean, aside from like some of the writing of like the other crew members of the ship is basically they're all just really flat characters yeah one's just a dumb racist and you know then the other ones are just weird they're all the ones that you're like okay you're gonna die you're first. dead you're, you're dead you're next. dead you're, you're dead, dead. <laughs> <laughs> the cannon fodder <laughs> but yeah like they kept kind of focusing on him and like i think one of the elements of this film that really doesn't work for me and let me know what you think about it is kind of like he's got this kind of antagonism with clemens mm -hmm. with Corey hawkins character and i'm I struggle to see where that cut came from because it kind of waxed and waned throughout the film. Like there, there would be times when they would kind of like be existentially like, like set against each other a little bit for some reason. And it never felt organic to me. Like it always felt like you just kind of forced conflict into the movie just to have it. Yeah. I mean, they had that little bit of conflict when they were trying to bring new crew, they needed three crew members and, you know, he went and talked to him and found he's not like, He's a doctor. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, well, we, don't, we don't need that. And they had a little conflict there. But yeah, it, it kind of. I don't know if he felt like he was going to try to take over his because, you know, he got told this is the last voyage for me mm -hmm. from Captain Elliot. And you're going to I want you to take over. Like mm -hmm. maybe that was he did. He felt. Threatened by Clemens character. I, I, I don't know. I don't know there really isn't anything in there that really threatened him. He was a doctor. He was doing blood transfusions to try to save this girl and yeah. other things. It was just like, it, it, <laughs> like it, it was just this weird antagonism that he had toward Clemens. And, and I, like I said, it just didn't sit right with me. Like it just never felt really it, organic or like it really should have even been yeah. part of the film. Well, that way you could kind of have that turn at the end for him to be like, okay, give me the axe i'm gonna go i mean that i liked like that aspect of his character like not wanting because obviously he's going to become the captain of the ship mm -hmm. once you know they reach shore and elliot retires and so i liked that that it had to be him like he was like no it's going to be me i'm going to be the one that takes the ship down like that i get that i like that's that works for me but yeah the antagonism for me just was not i, I that was an element that i didn't really like i mean uh, speaking of elements i didn't really like though i want to get your feelings on this too well, aside from, I'm just going to say it, um, they put a title card up at the beginning of the film that explains, like, the plot of the film, like, where mm -hmm. the, it comes from. It comes from the middle chapter-ish yep. of Dracula, and then it explains, like, all of the stuff that it then in the next sequence just shows us anyway. Like, why put yeah. the title card? Why not just show us the opening, like, with the ship run aground, and, they're find and they find the captain's log, and then it flashes back to the whole story? Why yeah, put the it, title it, card in there? It it wasn't necessary. Yeah. I mean, that, that little piece, because, you know, they found the ship, they picked up the log and they started reading pieces from the log. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to four weeks earlier. I'm like, okay, that set us up. We don't need to know. You don't need to know this is part of the Dracula book or anything like just. Yeah. Just roll with it. And like I said, it literally basically the title card says everything that you then see in the next scene anyway. And mm -hmm. I find it, it's a real pet peeve of mine when you do redundant filmmaking, when it's like you just <laughs> and first and, and, and it's telling too. like you're just telling the audience this information and then you show it to us anyway. But it's it's film. It's a physical, mm -hmm. like visual medium. You're already going to show it to us anyway. Why are you bothering to tell us about it? It's pointless to me. 
like so the film didn't really get out of the gate for me like really strongly and i was really worried knowing that it was just based on like the single chapter i was really worried that it was gonna be too thin for to be able to carry through a whole plot but i don't think it was i don't some of the characters were but as as you said before you're like they're just there you know they're gonna die (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's all they're there for like the 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 cook he's he's just there to have a a cool scene on the lifeboat yeah that was <laughs> a, that die. was a great scene too <laughs> that was an awesome really scene. <laughs> really great scene too i love that but I'm, I'm gonna throw one more kind of thing at you here that i really was not the hugest fan of and that's anna like that character at all yeah because she... Like, she felt like she was kind of just kind of thrown in there, like mm-hmm. to give some backstory of Dracula. Like we don't know who he is or where he's come from. You're exactly right, and and I think that that's exactly probably the conversation that the screenwriters were having when they were putting this together. Be like, well, we have to have the characters like talk about the fact that it's Dracula and like mm-hmm. all these different things, but none of the characters on the boat would know. Or anything like that. So it's like, I I feel like you're exactly right. They probably just contrived this character out yeah. of nowhere and then shoved her into the movie just to basically be an exposition machine to give us like the history and information and all this different stuff about Dracula. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, she, he's, he's run our village for years, feeding on all of us. And she's got bite marks all over her body. And like, yeah, yeah. which again is, is, we see when when Dracula bites, and, and this is a huge thing that happens in any of these kind of movies with zombies, vampires, anything where they can turn something else mm-hmm. into another creature, when they bite you, it's like always dependent on the dramatic needs of the plot, like when they're going to turn into a vampire. But like the whole kind of thing with her character is how is it that Dracula was feeding off of her so frequently? She's got bite marks literally all over her everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's been like almost like this like food bag for him or something like however you want to refer to it but like how does she never turn like the film doesn't really ever explain that she doesn't turn until the end until they need it to happen yeah and then i mean Uh, like the whole thing we're seeing the blood transfusions that that clemens is giving to her and that's mm -hmm. state that's putting it off that's staving it off but like how she has a lot of bites on her her and her bites were healed so they were they were scarred over so it was I mean, they've been there for a while. Yeah. So it's really, <laughs> yeah, really I weird to me. Like I, it, I, that just that part of it, I was just like, I, I, I just don't get like that whole. I, I didn't like that. Just didn't ring true with me because, like I said, he bites the one character, the one crew member, and literally yeah, that turns dude turns a within a day, quickly. Yeah. And the the kid, he bites the kid, and the kid turns quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, that to me just kind of didn't really i i don't know like i that one just to me was just a little maybe he bites iffy. them differently if he wants them to turn rather than you know she's gonna be my meal ticket for a while okay if <laughs> and i don't disagree with you i don't disagree with you but if if that's the case they're already but contriving this none, character into the film none of her bites were on the neck were they they were all like i think she, she had one on, on her neck. arm bitten on the shoulder i think she had one on the neck oh too. did she i think i could be wrong necessarily but i mean again like the film doesn't really like that could you're going to contrive this character and throw her into the film contrive mm-hmm. one line of dialogue where she's like he just he doesn't bite me like to turn me he just bites me like like where was like the one scene of clemens being like 
you've been bitten before, like based on these scars, how have you not ever turned yeah. and her to be like, he doesn't bite me on the neck so he can keep feeding off of me or whatever. Like you needed one quick exchange to, to <laughs> whoosh that away. And we don't ever really get no, it. We so. didn't. Yeah. I don't really know. Cause I am trying to think if she did have a scar in it. I don't think she did, but she may have. Yeah. I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, but I mean, nevertheless, final thoughts jump into like anything else that you want to mention necessarily about last voyage of the demeter i mean first i know we just spoiled it but i'm gonna say check it out because i love a good monster movie and this is perfect the perfect type of monster movie just to sit back and 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 watch like it it was just so good and i just like you going in i was kind of weary because i'm like okay it's based off only one chapter of a book Mm mm-hmm how is this going to work? Like, like some books, you know, you see Harry Potter and stuff like that. You're like, oh, my gosh, they cut so much out of these movies compared to the books. Mm-hmm. And this you're just like, oh, we're just going to give you a chapter in two hours. It's an hour and 59 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, that that scared me, too. I was like, oh, they're going to stretch this to two hours. But it worked. Yeah, it, it, it worked because they didn't they didn't give you too much. It gave me enough to keep me like really interested and like, okay, okay, let's keep this going up into this. I mean, a big finale, but it's not like this huge, like I expected after all of the setup story that the shipwreck with the, you know, the constable and and all the other officers there, there was going to be Dracula was going to pop out and just like slaughter all of them in this huge finale. (laughs) <laughs> but that didn't happen. <laughs> I was kind of bummed about that, but I, I, I did. I don't know. I, I, I really, really did like this movie quite a lot. I mean, be realistic, Brad. Like he, he bought a house. Like he was just trying to get to his house. You know, <laughs> like he didn't want to slaughter everybody on the shore. He just needed I, to go to his house. Did <laughs> real quick. Did you like that? They kind of still kept that monster almost look to him when he saw him when he kind of grazed by him in london with his cane and everything he still had that look to him like he didn't look too human yeah i thought that was an interesting choice i mean but then i really really love nosferatu and max shrek does not look like a human in that either like (laughs) he's definitely a very like all of his features are extremely exaggerated so i kind of like that that's more the direction they took the character as opposed to making him like the suave, handsome, sexy vampire that we've gotten in a lot of like those kind of different things as well. I mean, it it was definitely like more human looking. I think I don't think it like more human than he was in the beginning. I would think so. Yeah, I would say so. So yeah, I I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, I liked that. I, I really did like that. I mean, he didn't turn into Gary Oldman or anything, which <laughs> I've not seen Dracula in like a long time. And th- honestly, after watching this made me want to go back and rewatch 
Bram Stoker's Dracula. I'm like, ooh, I haven't watched same. I haven't watched it in a while. I'm like, eh, maybe I need to revisit it. Mm-hmm. I was really worried, like you said, about the about the length of the film and about mm-hmm. it being based on one chapter because you mentioned examples like Harry Potter and stuff where they eviscerate stuff. They completely cut tons of stuff out of books when they adapt them. But I've also seen it the other way around, like with the Hunger Games, like the last two Hunger Games movies that they did was oh. based on one book. And it was so drawn out because they included yes. literally everything and Hobbit. his mother. You know, there was so, so much stuff in there. Yeah, The Hobbit's another fantastic example where it was just so drawn out, so stretched out because they just didn't have the material to really flesh out like two entire three movies out of this much. Yeah, like that's kind of the thing, too, is like, I don't really think as much as as much as I did say earlier in the review that I would really love to see the first part of Dracula, like adapted in this style, Mm -hmm. in this setting, like you know even what whatever i would really love that but at the same time thinking about the beginning of dracula i don't is there enough there to do an entire feature length movie and then like it ends with dracula just peacing out like i bought a house <laughs> in london see ya <laughs> i'm you getting know. on a boat i'll see it you guys later almost be like a twisted like <laughs> horror type like saw type movie almost where like uh you know, Jonathan Harker has to try to like escape this like insane castle with these, you know, Dracula's wives and Dracula himself and all these different like terrible, horrible, weird, evil things or something. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a talented enough screenwriter could probably pull it off, but yeah, I would love to see. I really, really, it, you're, it, it's a bummer. You're, you're right. It's, a, it's a bummer that this isn't performing as well as it should. What was the budget on this thing? I didn't even look. Did you uh, check it, it out? 40, 45 million. Forty five million. It, yeah. Unfortunately, it only made a little over six. The opening yeah. weekend. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna struggle to even get to break even point. Yeah. At, at this point, because audiences just aren't going out to see it. Because I think critical reaction in this was actually pretty mixed too. So I'm surprised that we mm-hmm. both enjoyed it as much as we did. I I was surprised when I came out going, oh, I love this. Nick's probably going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, was it paced perfectly? No, I don't think so. I think there were some parts of the movie that really dragged, especially the first act. I think it took too long spinning its wheels. And like I said, I some of the character choices and writing choices I definitely didn't agree with. I'm going to say it, Gerald, you're welcome, but they could have easily probably shaved about 10 minutes out of this movie, <laughs> especially Anna's character. Like I said, she yeah. really doesn't add anything except for just expository backstory for Dracula. I would have even loved it. Like, realistically, think about it this way. Imagine if like. Like we as an audience obviously know because it's Dracula, it's based on Dracula. But just imagine if they just don't even ever explain what the creature is in the movie. Like they literally don't ever explain mm-hmm. absolutely anything about it, and it's just this killing machine that comes up at night and just starts mowing through people. Like how like do we need do we even need the expository stuff about Dracula? Do we even need it? I think the film would have worked perfectly fine without it. Yeah. So then then it's just instead of it's a dracula monster movie you're just like it's a monster movie with this creature yeah i mean you you could if you really needed to put dracula in it you could have him say his name or something at the end if you needed that to happen and then people like oh my gosh it was dracula this whole time yeah (laughs) almost feels like maybe even that character was like legitimately added for trailers to be put together (laughs) like based on just so that way we could have in the 
in the trailer there somewhere that one line of dialogue where she's like his name is dracula like yeah. that one line of dialogue like so you could put that in a trailer so then if people are going to associate in their brains oh demeter dracula like you hear those names yeah if you're familiar enough with bram stoker's dracula that is and be able to then associate and be like oh okay this is a retelling of like that portion of the dracula story so yeah i don't know but seven out of ten for me eight out of ten for brad that's a yep. combined piece score gerald of seven and a half out of ten uh really yeah i'm glad i'm glad that you enjoyed this as well i really really i'm glad Great. i enjoyed this i was i was and you know the type of stuff i usually like so <laughs> yeah really really bad movies <laughs> <laughs> this is no underworld let me tell you <laughs> oh my goodness he's gonna make me watch underworld part two and uh that'll be up for cinema guys patrons at some point whenever some we can point. finally sit down and get that recorded ah <laughs> so at the end of every single episode brad we jump over into the comment section to see what our fans had to say about the movie or to see what questions they wanted us to answer uh, about the movie or whatever else in general and did you pick out a question what do you got over there Nerdrovert Dan posted it for our friend Jason, aka Nerdrovert, of what's your favorite on-screen depiction of Dracula? So, you know, it. it <laughs> I want to come right out and say Nicholas Cage's depiction that just came out last year in Reinfeld, but um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump to that. I think my favorite depiction has to be the OG. I mean the original Dracula from was it 1936? Hold on. 1931 Bela Lugosi playing Dracula. I think that's still, I mean, that's still iconic. It's still, that's who I would have to go with is my favorite Dracula. There have been a lot of good Draculas through years like gary oldman's dracula and bram stoker's you have christopher um, lee christopher lee yep yeah so it's tough but i gotta go with the og that weird bodybuilder male model that played dracula and played <laughs> trinity <laughs> yes oh my goodness i'm gonna go even older than you brad because of course Ooh. we all know that nosferatu is basically just a shameless it's more rip of the og of, yes of <laughs> of Bram Stoker's Dracula so much so that the film studio got sued by Bram Stoker's estate and by Bram Stoker's wife and they were ordered to destroy all the prints of the movie but thankfully I'm really grateful that it does survive to this day because Max Shrek as Count Orlock in that movie is legitimately that is as classic as classic as classic gets with this character and that leans more into like Bella Lugosi leans more into the romantic style yes. of vampire yes whereas what they did in Nosferatu was much more akin to more this movie monster. where it's much more of a monster, much more of a creature and everything. I don't necessarily think you will ever. And I mean, ever Bill Skarsgård's got impossible shoes to fill for that new adaptation. I don't think you can ever possibly top ever uh, Max Orlock. Uh, yeah, Max Orlock. Max Willem, Willem Dafoe playing him in the, what was that movie? The, uh... hang on. Oh crap. Now I can't think of the name. Shadow of the Vampire is what it's there called. There we go. Shadow, Shadow of, of the Vampire. vampire. Willem Dafoe and Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I've still I've I've still never seen that movie. I know conceptually really? I know okay. conceptually what it is and, and everything like that. Like playing it as if the character was like actually a vampire, mm-hmm. like the actor was actually a vampire in the movie, but I've never I've never unfortunately had the chance to have the chance to check it out. It's a pretty good movie, actually. I, I would highly recommend it. And not on a Bradfest scale of recommend. It's <laughs> Oof outside of Bradfest. Yeah, Max Max Track is Count Orlock in the original. The OG Nosferatu is for me for my money that's always going to be the iconic. And like just that shot of like the shadow going up the stairs like mm-hmm. one of the most iconic yeah. shots in all of horror cinema, all of cinema in general. Like you can look at that shot like most people can look at that shot and immediately just know exactly what it is, what it's from, etc. So yeah. So you OG'd my OG. I OG'd your OG. I mean, <laughs> mine's technically like the ripoff version of the character, but know. still. But it on on screen it came before. Yes. Yes. Very, very true. Uh let's see. I'm going to pick. Uh, we kind of answered a, a couple of these questions. Like I said, I took Jared's for the one big question at the beginning. Sorry, Jared. And then we kind of answered Jason's other question in the one big question as well. Which monster would you choose and who would play them uh, if we were making like our own like soft reboot mm-hmm. kind of movie like in this kind of style? We both said Frankenstein. So I think I'm going to take Chris Yaney's question. And thank you so much, Chris, for your support. Thank you all patrons, by the way, for all of your amazing support. We love you. Does the screenwriter have too much leeway when trying to take a book single chapter and make a feature length film from him? Brad, I'll yield the floor to you on this one first. Um, I mean, yes and no. Like, I feel that the I think the captain's log gave you just enough to where they're like, ooh, we could really have fun and run with this. And but with that running, I think they had to keep themselves in check because they could really went wild with it and like i said gone completely overboard with like this giant finale with bunch of vampires and and everything else but i i think they they kept it in check with this one chapter they got just enough from that and and made just a good monster movie yeah i'm gonna agree with you a hundred percent i think the the context of the question depends entirely upon the chapter Mm-hmm. That the film is yeah. being based on and adapted from. I think in terms of this, there's not really much bones to that chapter. No. It's literally just Captain's log entries. That's literally all it is. It doesn't give you any of the context of that voyage and what those sailors went through on that boat. I think in this case, the chapter was vague enough and the chapter kind of gave you an open playground to just play in that space. I think if it's a much more in-depth chapter, like depending on kind of exactly what the project would be, mm-hmm. then I think that it could get a little bit more dangerous. But I think this one, because it basically is just, like I said, it's Captain's Log entries. And then they just basically had a huge space to play around in, and they did so really, really well, especially, like like I said, I the, the production design, the set design, the sound design, all of the elements, like the technical elements of the construction of this film are just absolutely note perfect, and they add so much to it. Yeah. So good. I mean, you, you, you mentioned about the beginning being a little slow which it kind of is but it it captured with everything it captured me enough to really like okay i want to see where this is going what's next what's next i never had this moment of like oh looking at my watch going it just it it just kept me going and engaged the whole time well brad again first ever 
episode of its type. First no, ever. Gerald. We kicked him out of here. We scared him away. <laughs> we ran him off, and uh, hopefully, we didn't break things too too badly. But I think we, yeah. I think we probably did him pretty proud. I hope so. I really hope so. But just, um, we just need to know his score next. Yeah, we'll... he, he never he never texted me. So he, I, I texted him once and asked about like how to set something up for this, and he responded to that, and then immediately went to enjoy his vacation. So I'm I'm really glad that he's doing that, and that's really really uh, that's really really great, honestly. So um, thank you so so much for being here. Tell yeah. people a little bit more about the Cinema Guys, where they can find you out there, all that fun stuff that you're supposed to do when you're a guest all, on the podcast. All that stuff you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, we are the cinemaguys.com is everything Cinema Guys related, or over on whatever you want to call the social media, Twitter X X Twitter, or go to Threads. Um, you can find me over there where I do Old Man Brad. You can find me at old man brad on threads and instagram or to be tuesday on x slash twitter because someone else already has old man brad on x <laughs> on 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 i i still don't i still don't like I, so much of twitter is tied into like it's like you tweet things like i'm tweeting and all this but now if you change the name of twitter like like i I think i posted that in like the patreon (laughs) chat that we have i'm like is it like xing are we xing now i don't know what we're doing now we're just we're just there until it dies and i think we just like are are we pronouncing it like do we pronounce it like an x or do we pronounce it like a y like you do in some cases so are we yeeting and now we're yeeting on Or, or did he change it to 10 we don't know it could be 10 is what we're on family <laughs> all comes back to fast and uh to fast and the furious yeah brad thank you so so much for, yep. for giving us a little bit of of your time to be here on the cinema guys i know you'll be back at some point you definitely will be back for some terrible horrible thing i'm sure i'm sure i will <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank, my thank you for uh letting me fill in gerald's shoes for a week I had to get somebody that was bearded and somebody that also had terrible taste in movies, uh, even though we were basically like, you know, like minds on this one, which I also really, yeah. really like enjoyed and everything like that. But, you know, I love you. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to yeah. be here. Gerald, Absolutely. we love you. We miss you. Have fun on your vacation. And Gerald will be back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, we spun the roulette wheel. We are going to be watching the absolute masterpiece. Tommy was 2003. The Room absolutely the greatest bad movie ever made i got to see it in a theater for the first time ever in june and it was absolutely one of the greatest theater going experiences of my life cannot wait gerald's first time ever watching it oh, i'm so i didn't know gerald has never seen it i know my mind was blown now he's seen the okay. disaster artist so he knows it all right, all right. but he's never actually sat I'm, and really I'm, really i'm bummed that he's not gonna be able to see with a crowd though that's the big kicker that makes right a difference it makes a huge difference it, yeah. it really does make a huge difference he if it, gerald i'm quitting the show if you don't come out of it with a 10 out of 10 <laughs> point blank period well <laughs> the peas are over next week everybody be ready <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna bag it literally the whole time he's gonna be like this is the worst thing i've ever seen what is wrong with you people Oh, my goodness. Brad, I love you. Thank you so, so much for being here. Gerald, we love you. Audience, we love you. This has been Two Peas. Have an absolutely amazing night, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye.